Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. Here we go with another edition of Inside Today's Country, and always a pleasure we get a chance to talk to this guy. It is Trevor Panzak. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me, Tim. No problem. Now, where do we uh, where do we find you today? You're in Alberta, right? I'm just in yeah, I'm, I'm at my house in Lethbridge, and uh, we're having it's a it's a very very windy day. I think there's a cold front coming, but we've had double digits the last few days, so we've been really spoiled. Nobody's gonna, you know, I don't think anybody really can complain. Uh, about the winters that we've been having so far this year, considering the fact that, you know, we've been dealing with what we've been dealing with in our world. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think if we uh, if we enjoy the warm temperatures that we're having right now, uh, when we record this, we're okay with that because that honestly in Canada that just makes winter go so much faster, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we uh, when we tr- when we trade our shovels for rakes, that's a pretty good deal. That, uh, you know what? I I I totally agree with you. I don't even have my uh, my uh, shovel out yet. Well, at least okay. I don't have the big shovel out yet. I have that little wispy one. You know those all those little ones that we we as Canadians have. We all have, we have we have different kinds of shovels in Canada. For those who don't know about it, you have the little one that you just kind of use as the uh, you know the start of the snow season, and then you yes. move up to the larger one. And if you're lucky enough, now maybe you probably have one because you're there in Alberta. Have a uh, have one of those lovely uh, snow blowers. Well, I, I we I don't, but uh, <laughs> well, neighbors do. But I <laughs> sometimes I wish I had had one because uh, and and the and the shovel, like you were saying about the size of the shovel, it depends on how heavy the snow is, which one you choose. That's right. right. Yeah. I I know when we moved to uh, we moved to Ontario, the first time I had had I had to buy one of those really big shovels, and I'm like I had to buy a scoop, and I'm like, oh, why? Why have I done this? So, anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. lots going on with you these days. Uh, let's find out a little bit about uh, Trevor Panzak. Uh, take us back to where this all started from. In well, I was. How far back do you want to go? Well, as far, I mean, you can go back as far as you want, but uh, we'll probably stay out of diapers. That would probably be it. <laughs> okay, so we'll skip ahead to there. <laughs> skip skip um, a little bit there. <laughs> I guess you know with my first uh, inkling of of music and 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 the love of it that that was inside me, I think, to, since the day I was born. Uh, the memory that comes to mind for me is when I was a kid, we, I grew up on a farm, and and uh, 1220 CJOC was the AM station, the only country station in, in the area at the time. Unless you were lucky, you got uh, a f- couple stations out of Montana. But uh, anyway, on a Saturday afternoon, uh, the AM station used to uh, broadcast the Bob Kingsley's American Country Countdown, and I just loved that program, and uh, would get enthralled with the with the stories behind the the artists and the songs, and and I just I just loved that about that program, and and uh, so I would you know be helping my dad on the farm, and he'd send me down to the over to the service truck to pick up a ranch or something for him, and I would just. The music would just grab me, and then I'd be just sitting in the cab of the truck listening instead of bringing the ranch back to my dad. <laughs> it was just there was always this pull of music, right? And yeah. My dad played the guitar, and and uh, he always had one uh, guitar in the in the house, and and I just it, I just had a love of music. And then when I was growing up, we would go my 
parents would put me into festivals and they'd have to memorize poems and and uh, songs and and uh, that's kind of was the foundation of where I got started and then you know after some failed attempts at uh, piano lessons after four years of that and a whole bunch of tears and <laughs> um, they kind of gave up on that but then my dad had that guitar all the time and so I started learning on that because I couldn't to be honest all the all those all those books that you learn, like the John Thompson piano book, they never had any fun songs in there. Oh yeah, those were always yeah. I I, I mean, I tried to play guitar, and I, I hear you. There was nothing ever exciting. There was always these songs that no one ever knew. Right, and the closest thing to something that was recognizable was Ora Lee. <laughs> kind of like Love Me Tender or whatever, right? But right. Please. So, so if I I turn towards the guitar and learn some chords, and then I can play half the half the country songs out there when I learned about four or five chords, right? That's that's where it all really started to escalate and snowball for me was getting that guitar in my hand and and building up some calluses and, and uh, just not ever wanting to let it go. Mm-hmm. And who were some of the people that you, uh, you looked at to, uh, you know, looked up to? I mean, you talked about the uh, listening to the Kingsley Countdown and so forth like that, but who were some of the artists that, that you know, really drove it home for you? Well, my dad was a, was a farmer and, and he, he was, a, he was a, my hero all of my life. And uh, so I have to give him that first credit. And then uh, after that, you know, I was learning I was learning Johnny Cash because my dad liked Johnny Cash. I was learning Hank Williams Sr. because my dad loved Hank Williams Sr. And so learning the Jim Reeves and, and the, the, that older generation of, of country artists was, uh, I think, pretty key. And then the country countdown reminds me of guys like Randy Travis and Dan Seals. And, and uh, you know, I had... <laughs> A different truck at the farm that my dad had a A-track player in the in our old sprayer truck in the during the busy season. Then when it wasn't busy season, <laughs> that was our camper truck, and I wore out the battery on that thing, uh, listening to the Smokey and the Bandit soundtrack uh, over and over and over again, and memorizing that dialogue and and listening to Jerry Reed pick guitar and all that steel guitar sounds in there, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know then George the George Straits and the the Alan Jacksons and uh, man, I uh, I got exposed to a whole ton of music because my dad had a pretty big record collection. So there was just it was just endless for me to to be able to just have a have access to it. You know, there's nothing like the sound of uh, of eight tracks, right? I mean, there's something that there's something that's lost in our world now because we don't have eight tracks anymore. <laughs> and then halfway through the song, and it clicks over to the next. Oh channel. yeah, that was good. <laughs> Those are good. We were just talking about those the other day where uh, my wife had, uh, we were talking about meatloaf uh, the other night and uh, her mom was a big meatloaf fan and she had cassette, uh, album and eight track so she could listen to it everywhere. And that yeah. just, you know, that just brought back <laughs> memories of, of the old eight tracks and, and, uh, and, the, and the quality that, uh, the or the lack thereof that they had back in the days. Yeah. What was, uh, yeah, I... go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was your, uh, what was the first song you ever played? First song I ever played in public? Yeah. Um, well, it, we used, we, we were practicing up. My grandma used to go to a, a, a Sunday afternoon jam um, at, the, at a schoolhouse, 
yeah. just outside of Lethbridge. Right. And she was telling my dad, you should get Trevor to come and, and you guys play some songs at these jams. It's fun. Right. So we practiced for, I don't know, two months trying to put something together. And I had, uh, I had written a song called I Want You. And it was pretty repetitive because I, I wrote it, uh, three quarters <laughs> of it on the, driving a swather home and I didn't have a pen and paper to write stuff down. So there was a lot of <laughs> re repetition to the song, but I, uh, <laughs> when I got home, I, I wrote it out and wrote, finished it off. And so I sang my original and I sang, uh, um, Folsom prison blues by Johnny cash. Right. And I sang this might want, this might be a, uh, one from the vault for you. This, um, uh, the year that Clayton Delaney died by Tom uh, Tom T Hall. Okay, because <laughs> I I also liked him. Right, <laughs> and uh, so we didn't understand how a jam. Well, if we got told like you go you go up there and you sing your three songs, and so it was me and my dad and the, my my dad's first cousin Bill, and he was the he was the lead guitar player. So we all learned three songs each, right? We didn't understand that we were we were not three groups. We were just one group, right? <laughs> so we, we got into about song number five and they said, Oh, that's about it for you guys. And, and our lead guitar player, he fell off the, he fell off his chair. The, the chair fell out from underneath him. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, my dad had this Yamaha beatbox that we were learning off of. And the day before we went into the jam, my dad's cousin changed all the beats and it was just a, it was a very, uh, <laughs> hard experience for a 14 year old kid to, to try and bounce back from my I, I remember crying in the parking lot of that school I said dad don't make me ever do something like that again <laughs> and uh, he said he just kind of consoled me at the time and and I was on the Sunday and then Tuesday uh, yeah. come around he says you know there's that other jam out in New Dayton at that other place and I said dad I, we've already talked about this I'm not doing it so he let a day go by and Thursday he hit me again and I said no and finally son by by the time Sunday came he talked me into going and doing it again and we did the same three songs but we didn't use the beatbox and nobody sat down and everything <laughs> <laughs> what amazes me is you still you know you still remember that whole story and and it, it stuck stuck in your mind and that must uh, you know things like that when they stick in your mind help you in your career as you're going forward yeah, those are the things I guess that impact you. You don't think of it at the time, but man, it, without that first, first real kick in the ass, I guess it would <laughs> it would have it would have been a lot different. Because then the next week it was just it was a pretty good ovation. It was a welcoming, and it was we you felt like or I felt like man, I could I could do this again. Yeah. So then we just kept on doing it, learning more songs, and and trying to get better at playing the guitar, and then we've started even putting together a band my dad just played rhythm guitar and he taught me how to play rhythm guitar and when he ran out of things to teach me then he would buy books and we'd learn together and and then uh you know you can't really have two if you're gonna have a little four-piece band you can't really have two acoustic guitars in the band so then he's he learned how to play the bass just to make it work okay. form our band and, and uh, that was pretty cool so then we started traveling all over and uh, southern alberta and doing freebies and fundraisers and any chance we got to go play that's my dad set that all up and would actually put concerts together at the local theaters there's a handful of theaters in the area and raymond mm -hmm. there's a playhouse and the and the yates in lethbridge and Fort mcleod at the uh, at the empress and mm -hmm. so we would put, put on fundraisers and then he'd uh, invite some of the people from these jams that did a great job at, uh, in their own right and 
and then we'd fill up the fill up the rooms, and I'd be writing songs, and I'd get to just send me out there with just me and the guitar, and I said, go talk to them and have some fun with them, and sing your songs and do what you can do. Now that's Le- how I cut my teeth. Now Lethbridge is where you are right now. What's it like to you know be where you are in your career now, and you know still be in the in the town that you started playing at? Well, it's it, Lethbridge. Like this area is is just. It's it's awesome. It's home base. It's it's what I know. It's what I love, and I can go to Nashville. Well, pre-pandemic, I could go to Nashville whenever I wanted to, and and, and do some writing or do some recording, and and uh, this is a great place to, to if you're gonna have some shows in the states. You just you know not too far from the border. We can travel across no problem. This right. is all pre-COVID, of course. And, right. And uh, you know we are not afraid to travel, and we've always like. Ben and I just, you know, hop in a hop in a big old van and just hit the road and have a ball doing it, right? What's uh, I mean, we're gonna we have to touch on this a little bit because I mean it is prevalent to what's going on in our world world right now, and hopefully by this time next year we'll be on you know the back side of it. But how have you been dealing with the whole COVID thing and not being able to go to Nashville and and do the things that you normally do? Yeah, it's been a it's been a struggle. Like it's been uh, challenging on the on the heart and the soul and you know uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of guys out guys and gals out there like myself that just don't do it for the, the business side of it we do it for the love of it and, right and have that taken away it's uh it's hard on the it's hard on the heart right it's hard on the vitals yeah. so uh you know i uh filled the calendar with i'm very fortunate to have some friends that uh run a bunch of acres uh, farm and so that's that's growing up on a farm out of obviously it was my second love and so I got to do I got to do that from basically May at the start of spring I was working for our friends and mm-hmm. went all the way to Thanksgiving to fill the calendar and got some good hours in to keep the wolves away from the door <laughs> so <laughs> there's always been a little bit of inspiration that comes from sitting in the cab of a combine or a spray or two so right so that we've been we've been we've been doing the best we can and and uh, got some got some things ready and lined up to, to get down back to Nashville and record mm-hmm. some new material and mm-hmm. and so we just can't wait for that day to happen, right? Yeah, well, hopefully, as I say, it's gonna fingers and toes and everything else cross that uh, things will happen uh, early in 2021. Uh, but we do have new music out for you right now and a new video. Let's talk about that. The title is "Where I Go to Come Back." A little cane pole, no bites, take a nap. That's where I go to come back. All right, tell me, tell me a little bit about where I go to come back. Well, we re- we recorded this before the pandemic happened, but uh, man, alive, this song just seems to seem to really have a resonating chord with with the message that's in it. You know, getting away from the world that's kind of turn crazy and and figuring out what's really important in life and that's family and, and friends and and uh we shot the video through the course of the summer and into into the winter a bit and this was written by uh, steve bogard who has written I, I think about a dozen number ones down in nashville mm-hmm. and uh he wrote uh, a couple for dirk spanley carried away for george Strait, a couple reba mcintyre's um, 
and then Jeff Stevens, who's written four number ones, yeah. including Reckless for Alabama. Oh, wow. And uh, also Dustin Lynch, Lynch, who's a bona fide country artist down in the States. Right, of course. Um, he, uh, so this song just is actually the, the title track to my latest record, and, and it just was one of those wherever I wherever we go and when we do our shows you know we'll go to a small town and play a, a theater show or a community center and do our concert series and and uh you know most of the time we're just uh, it feels like we're just going to the next home right and that's mm -hmm. where i go to come back and it's just that homey feeling and and uh so that was kind of we actually even set up the tour and called it the where i go to come back tour whether it was the first time we went there or the or the fourth or fifth it's just always it's always nice to travel to to small town Alberta or even into the city. We play lots of shows in in the, the larger centers too. But mm -hmm. it just it, this this song and the title and and everything that goes with it just kind of exemplifies who I am and, and what I'm all about. And it just seemed like the timing was right in September to release this song and and uh, get it out there to the world. And and we were pretty happy with how the video turned out. My friend uh, Trevor Christensen, he's uh, He's got a really keen eye with the camera, and uh, we uh, we shot this thing together and and cut cut our video director teeth together on the on, mm -hmm. on this project. So let's talk about video uh, because it's something that we don't you know really delve into a lot. I mean, you're out there performing, you're writing, um, but cutting your teeth uh, shooting a video that must have been uh, quite the experience. Well, it, it was, and it was you know we've. The, it was different than the other videos we've shot in the past where you know we'll just usually have a get our plan set and then we'll we'll accomplish what we need to in one or two days right and uh like the physical footage and then the editing is of course days yeah. after that but with this little uh gem we uh, i had to uh uh work around my harvesting schedule because uh <laughs> Oh, you know, darn harvest always gets in the way. Yeah, that darn farm <laughs> got in the way. No, but, you know, we don't want to, we didn't want to, you know, impact the team that we had, we had on the harvest crew. So um, if we had a rain afternoon or yep. we did have a, a couple acoustic shows before the lockdown would happen that <clears throat> uh, COVID safety kind of deals and we'd go and, and uh, do an acoustic thing. And, and uh, Trevor brought his camera and then, it was at a actually had a campground, and uh, this other, this, these other folks had uh, had their grandson with them, and mm -hmm. we were like, "Oh my gosh, this might be the perfect little setup," because we were in the mountains, and this would be the perfect little setup for how I envisioned the start of the video to go. So, so we accomplished, you know, that part on this weekend, and then we had to go and do, uh, we had to do the combine scenes and the harvest scenes <laughs> during a supper hour that we didn't you know take too much of the of the work time away from the crew and and that was a different day and then the football scene was after harvest and it just happened to snow so it was kind of like well that works out too because friday night high school football has got lots of lots of uh, instances where you got snow in it so right so everything just kind of kept on trickling in with the footage and and uh uh, had a great guy, Jason, the drone guy, working his drone for us for to get these fireworks. And a friend of mine came down and brought brought some of his magic with him uh, to shoot these off in my hometown. And and we didn't get in too much trouble with the with the town over that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh. <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of neat to. We, we, I asked for permission to do the to do the uh, video. Yeah. And he just said, "Well, just stay on the track if you're at the school because we got those underground sprinklers." And I said, "No problem." I didn't really tell him anything else except I wanted to shoot this video, and and uh, so I didn't tell him we wanted to shoot a football scene, or we and I didn't tell him we were going to have a campfire scene, and I didn't tell him we we're going to have fireworks either. So. <laughs> I guess there's some kind of bylaw or something. Where you're supposed to get permits, and and uh, we were on a time crunch, eh? So, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I didn't realize that there was, yeah. You know, you think you could just be, be at 12 years old again and just do whatever you want in your hometown, right? I guess the times have changed, eh? <laughs> but most everybody, there was a couple posts on Facebook that the the one that comes to mind is reason number 548 to love living in McGrath. Fireworks on a Tuesday night. So <laughs> that was that was kind of the general idea. Was everybody was pretty happy about. Did, it. did you get a phone call the next day? And uh... no, we just no? well the fire chief came that night. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He just check, checking in. And... <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you want to be in the video? Sure. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> it was all good. That's... It was all good. That's awesome. Hey, so we were uh, you were talking about when you go to all of these uh, small little community centers and and uh, we've all been there. Uh, you know, I've introduced uh, acts at all of these little rinks and stuff like that. What's the best food you have ever gotten from one of these small little uh, community centers? Um, wow. Well, when we go up to the uh, kind of east of Edmonton, yeah. Uh, you you just can't go wrong with any kind of Ukrainian dish ever, <laughs> and so we we play a lot like from Coronation concert up Vegreville area Wainwright and right. and it just it just gets richer and richer as you, as you go north. It's pretty awesome. How important is social media to a guy like yourself? Well, I think it's the the most important thing right now. Um, we're in a living. This is the well, we we have such an advantage as artists to, uh, without having a, a physical stage to go to, we have our this virtual stage that we can stay connected with our friends and fans and mm -hmm. and supporters and and still let everybody know what's going on in our lives and hopefully, you know, share some stories and share some experiences that help. We help each other get through. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing, and then someone will put a comment in the bottom and this is helping me and, and, and they'll say something inspirational that, that, uh, and it goes both ways is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. it, it, I don't think it would be, uh, I mean, even just the zoom call, Yeah. you know, we, we can't, I, I can't go out on the road and, and, uh, um, do a radio tour because of the obvious reasons. And so we've had lots of opportunity to chat on the phone or do a zoom and, and stay in touch. And, and, uh, you know, one idea I had for, well, I can't, I ha I usually have a budget for traveling and doing my radio tours, right? Yeah. So I thought, well, why don't I put that budget towards some, I, I sent out a dozen guitars out to some radio stations just oh, right because, on. because where I go to come back is my music, right? Is, yeah. is, is my guitar, my first guitar that, I, that my dad gave me. And, and so... I sent that out, autographed some guitars, and said, uh, you know, keep me in the loop and let me know if you can find someone that uh, maybe will 
the, the guitar will brighten up their day and they can have that story is that's how things started for them just like my that's first awesome. guitar started for me that's very cool man very cool what is next for uh, for trevor what's next for trevor well um we're gonna have a baby on friday oh so. my what so i like how so you keep kind of kept that in the background <laughs> Is this is this baby number one or uh, or what? Where are we with this? Baby number two. Baby number two. How old's the baby? How old's baby number one? He's going to be two on the 29th of this month. Excellent. Well, congratulations. Is he is he excited about baby number two? He he is, but then he's gonna figure it out. <laughs> he's got. I think he's got a big eye opening coming. He's got a, a big a big reckoning. <laughs> but he he knows where the he, he knows how to say big bro, and he knows where the baby is. And we got some neat pictures with him and his mom. And okay, and you know, just loving the tummy and giving him giving the baby a kiss on the tummy there. And right. So he's a he's a pretty amazing uh, first child. It's, he's kind of the any new parents that want to have a, a dream child we we've got that guy here and he's just been so amazing and kept helped us keep our sanity and yeah brought us a lot of joy that's for sure so excellent he's going to be an excellent excellent big bro well that's very cool uh are you excited about being a dad again i am yeah i, I am very very much so um i always thought we'd i'd have a, you know four or five kids at home and two is going to be plenty, and especially, you know, <laughs> kind of, I'm so, I'm very, very, like, I couldn't be more excited about this. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's like, what were you thinking? You're out of work. You're an out of work musician and having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's all going to, it's all going to work. It's out. all going to be, it's all going to be fine at the end. Don't worry about it. The doctor said, you guys are taking this quarantine pretty seriously. The first time we went in there to see him about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trevor, where do people find you online, buddy? You can come visit. Everybody's welcome to visit us at trevortown.com. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Is there an ice cream shop there? <laughs> well, there's a general store. You'll have to go and check it out and see oh. if you can find yourself a swirl. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I hope you have that tiger tail stuff because that's what I really like. Well, you <laughs> tiger's good. Uh, maple, the maple walnuts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See you there. That is awesome. Well, that is so cool. I'm going to check it out right now. Well, I hope you like it. <laughs> Excellent. When I when I did my first one, Tim, I had uh, I had I took a picture of all the all these places in, in my hometown and yeah, and uh, even the, the coming into left uh, coming into McGrath sign <clears throat> one kilometer. Well, then it you know how they have a population sign. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had a I had a clicker that every time someone would come. <laughs> The population was growing every time, so that's. Uh, I'm a hometown guy, that's for sure. Excellent, Trevor. Thanks very much for hanging out with us. Congratulations uh, on uh, baby number two and on the new single, cracking the top fifty. We wish you all the best, my friend. Thank you so much for your time and having me on the, on your program. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.